Hey friends, welcome to the brand new Rutgers Chi Alpha podcast. Here's a small recording from our recent Monday Night Live meeting. Hope you enjoy. Yo, thank you for such an amazing intro and hyping me up and hyping us both up actually. This is Brian Squared. Um, I think I'm Brian the Bold, right, Brian? I don't know. And you're Brian the Beautiful. Beauty oh, that's really that's really sweet. I uh, yeah, that's nice. I'll give you I'll give you twenty dollars for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm broke, by the way, so I can use it. Um, <laughs> but as like we do all things, especially on this topic, I'm gonna start us off with prayer. So, um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for just allowing us all to be here, Lord God, and just you know, for just gathering us in your presence, Lord God, and Lord God, I just pray, Lord God, that. You do what you only you can do, Lord God, and you speak through both me and Brian the words that you want to speak, Lord God, and that our hearts will be open to you, that your Holy Spirit would convict us and just bring us closer to you, Lord God, and realize how de- how dependent we are on you, Lord God, for everything, Lord God. So I give the floor to you. I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. So, guys, I realized to, like, well, actually, I found out to Brian, but basically, the craziest thing I just realized about today, today is like the one year anniversary of the last time MNL was in person. You like, gotta be kidding. Like, I'm getting old. But, <laughs> but, but like, like, the thing is, last time we were here, like, we were like, we were in like we were obviously in person we were worshiping and you know people were like on their knees praying and we were about to full send it to go to like mexico for a mission trip like and build homes for people and stuff like that and like we were full sending it we were determined and you know that didn't happen so here we are <laughs> long story yeah. short that, this is crazy this is crazy so this is like you know i mean elizabeth was probably under 30 a whole year ago i mean if we go all the way back there you know but anyway so uh welcome here to the mnl and i've slid into this conversation with the big b who has prepared so thank you brian for letting me join you and, and uh crash this experience so tonight we're gonna we're gonna talk about a topic that has a big effect on the human experience and meaning just every single one of us we don't often talk about it because it really kind of operates in dark it's like sneaky on the on the down low it's like really without being seen it remains unnamed even in fact that's the number one tactic of this thing is that if you because if you can name it then you then you're going to know how to deal with it so what am i talking about it's called shame Shame, 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 shame. Yo, Brian, what, what, what is that? What is shame, Brian? Well, you know, uh, Brian, just, you know, thank you for asking that really intelligent, smart question. So let's start with a good definition. I think Dan's got this up on the screen, but it's, it's this. It's not, uh, it's a sense of not being enough, like, uh, like deficient somehow, a little bit of inferiority, inadequacy, uh, not being enough, worthless, a sense that you're kind of like flawed and unworthy of acceptance. That's what, that's what, that's shame. You know, it, it does, none of it really sounds, sounds good. So, you know, right from the beginning of the Bible, Genesis, we're going to see the impact of the fall. And what's highlighted is most is this thing called, is this thing called shame. In fact, 
in Genesis 3, we see that humanity before the fall, Genesis 3.25 says, they were naked and felt no shame. Well, I mean, what's this saying? Is, it, is, that, is that right from the beginning, there was no really sense of being a flawed or unworthy. There was nothing to, nothing to really hide. They were totally vulnerable and no shame, completely like enough. And what's interesting is that, is that right after this thing called the fall, uh, highlighted in Genesis chapter 2 and verses in chapter 3, is that they go and hide from God. I mean, they're, one day they're walking with God in the, in the cool of the evening. The next thing, they're hiding from God, and they go and sow these fig leaves around them to cover themselves. What, why would they do this? Like, what is this? What am I seeing? Yeah, well, you're seeing, you're, well, first of all, you're seeing fig leaves. The other thing is that this is, this is a picture of what it looks like when shame comes. I, I think all of us, um, all of a sudden, we're hiding and then we're covering we're covering ourselves. We're hiding. We're covering ourselves when shame comes. And here's the thing. What shame does is it really, it really pulls us away from, uh, away from God, and it isolates us from each other. Uh, a movement away from God and a movement away from each other. There's um, a really good book that, that I'd encourage any of you that are looking to do a little more research into this topic. It's called The Soul of Shame. It's written by a guy by the name of Kurt Thompson. There's a quote from that book. It says this, to be human is to be infected with this phenomenon we call shame. So, I mean, according to Kurt Thompson, every single one of us is affected in some, in some way in our lives. If we go back all the way to middle school, remember middle school? Um, think about this a moment. In middle school, like you can almost answer this statement. In middle school, in middle school or high school, I was not blank enough. Like in middle school or high school, I was not blank enough. Think about the things that, how would you fill in that blank? What would you, what would you put in there? I was not smart enough. I was not popular enough. I was not cool enough. I was not skinny enough, pretty enough, strong enough, athletic enough. I mean, really the list can, the list can really go on. For me, I remember, I, I recall this thing called shame. And I, I was back in middle school. I was proud of my new kicks. I had new white, white kicks. And they were like new Nikes. Then someone said, wow, Adam's got Nikes. And then the next thing he says is, whoa, they're fakes. He's got fake Nikes. And I was like, ah. Immediately, I was like, I was totally embarrassed. Um, I was... I, I was really, I was shameful for once, I, for once, for the thing that I was once proud of. Immediately, I, I felt like I didn't measure up. I didn't have the right kind of shoes. And I'm walking through the hallway trying to cover up what I was wearing, really. And I remember this recurring childhood nightmare that I would be caught in, in school or on the bus in my underwear. Like, I was just like, oh. Like, I had this nightmare. Then I'd wake up like, how am I going to get off this bus that nobody else is going to see, uh, see me? I think this really had something to do with, with shame. You, you fast forward like all the way to today. If I think if we want confirmation that we don't me measure, we just gotta look at social media and everyone's perfectly edited lives. Everybody's having way more fun than we are doing like cool stuff. And it, it reinforces that, yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not enough. 
this uh, this past Father's Day, um, I was I was talking to my son in the backyard, my son Jonathan, and he told me how how embarrassed he was. He was a salesman for a company called ADP in Manhattan, and in work for months they had been during COVID they had been posting on the board everyone's sales figures, and Jonathan said that he was dead last. So everybody would see this board every single day. They'd highlight who was in first place and who was in last at the sales meeting every single every single week. And he just he just he just felt like worthless, really. And he was really upset about it. And his name is highlighted on this on this board and everything like that. And he said to me on Father's Day, he goes, I'm going to get fired. And how am I going to ever get another job? So, you know, we, t we talked about it and I encouraged him, like, but really what he was feeling was like this shame and work and life can be really, can be really like that. The problem was, is the very next week, the week after Father's Day, he was, he was let go. He, he passed away um, soon after that. It was about two weeks ago. And shame, once again, rears its, rears its ugly head. And I, I started to think this. I say, was I a good enough father? Why didn't I? Why didn't I help him more? And I started to feel really bad about myself, really inadequate. And then the the really dark one: Did he end his life because of this shame? I just just you know kind of kept keeping it real. But the thing is this: is if if we don't bring this all into the light of the gospel, into the light of the truth of what Jesus brings into our hearts, I, I think we're going to live the rest of our lives with this attempt to somehow cover our sense of shame. So, Dr. Curian, how in the world did all this shame, how did we get all this shame? Well, I would say, um, thank you for the amazing question, Brian. I believe it comes down to, like you said in Genesis, the fall and its relation to just the sin of man and everything like that. All right, so uh, Dr. Curran, how does this relate to sin then? Well, shame is a consequence of sin. Like okay. whether it be in like stated in the fall of man or even looking to Romans, it says Romans in Romans chapter three, verse 23, it says all have fallen short of the glory of God from the very beginning. Like even when it comes to our human nature, it is by our nature that we like without God, we, we fall into sin. Like it says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says the heart is deceitful above all things beyond cure. Who can understand it? And even things like like our, our sin, like because of our sin and the shame, like indicating that we have sinned, like we are deserving of like, you know, the way it says in his word, just keeping it real, like you said, like the wages of sin is death and separation from God. I relate shame, honestly, with like whether it be your own sin or sometimes a sin that someone puts on you, like as a, like as pain or blood from an injury. When you're bleeding from an injury or you're in pain, it's an indication that something is wrong here. Like something is not right. Like part of my body is broken or part of like my body is cut up and I need to heal it or something like that. And so in the same way, shame is like an inner like like a signal that says like something's wrong here 
I need healing for something. Like something is most definitely wrong here and I have to do something about it. All right, so what, what do you think that this actually um, means to us? So um, if you look at Mark chapter 838, I related a lot with this verse, you know, and this is kind of like the core where it is. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his father's glory with holy, with the holy angels. And kind of, this is a very like, to get context into this passage, it's kind of the same way that we were looking into the fall of man, where Adam and Eve were covering themselves. They both, like in this generation, they were the Pharisees and they were constantly spewing out the law. Do this, do that, um, like provide sacrifices on this day or, um, you know, pay a certain amount of money to the synagogue or, um, or even being real get circumcised or something like that and it, what? <laughs> like i'm just keeping it real um so all right like, so like all these things it's legalistic like proving yourself to be good enough that somehow like in adam and eve's case when they sinned against god covering that up them fixing it themselves and in a sense like you know we can scoff at it now because you know we have the gospel but how many times are we the same way or how many times do we try to do the same thing that um if i do this i can be better than that or something like or something like that you know i relate it so much with you know so many things we hear in our culture about like doing better and you know and even like do by works that you somehow are going to eliminate being shameful or something like that. And you know, it says in in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3, for for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say to say what their itching ears want to hear. Guys, we love to glorify ourselves. It's it's such an innermost being thing, like the pride of it. Imagine going in like Imagine being like, man, I, I like the story you have, like, oh man, for me, like I came, I used to be like 60, 70 pounds heavier and because of hard work and determination, I, yo, I, I, I lost that weight. I'm now a um, half marathon runner, not to try to flex guys. Please don't, please don't say that in the comments. I'm not even reading it. Yeah, and you don't even want to flex because it, that bicep will just take over the whole screen, I think. Yeah. <laughs> But no, like we love that story of something that we've overcome to prove to us and to prove to ourselves and to prove to others like, man, we are good. We are amazing. But the thing is, in this generation, it's so easy when we're seeing like when we're thinking that way to lose sight of the necessity of a savior to save us from, you know, that that sin and that that guilt that we carry. Um, my voice just started getting drier, but um, like, and the necessity of even repentance and trust in God. And so in a sense, like when we lose that, when we lose that, we ought to, we honestly, just like Adam and Eve, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves and look at ourselves and be like, we're trying to be our own God. We're trying to be our own savior. And instead we need to transition our minds to focus on him and start becoming 
unashamed of the God because of Jesus and what he has done for us rather than our own works. So what do you think it means to be unashamed of God? So, like I said before, it's realizing the necessity of him in our lives, guys. So if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it states that, um, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all more gladly about my weakness, so that, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I love this verse, guys, because it's all about bringing glory to God. Um, I remember hearing in a documentary that the Bible is not about you. It's about Him and bringing glory to Him because it's by Him alone that we can get saved, but that's later. But like, it's always trying to get your mind off of you and onto Him. You know, it states, and like, I like to combine both John chapter 15, verse 5, and Philippians 4, 13. It states that, you know, apart from him, like I'm combining both verses. I'm not trying to make a new verse in the Bible. Um, but like, apart from him, we can do nothing. But with, with him, all things are possible. So when it comes to shame and, you know, overcoming it, who are we boasting in, guys? Are we boasting in ourselves? And, and are we joining into this walk with God so we can prove to others that, you know, we're such a good person and that, you know, we are like moral people and that we're so much better? Or are we doing it because we're truly in love with him and we realize what he does in our lives and what like the eternal impact he has in our lives and we're doing it out of love for him? You know, in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, it states that godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. So, like, when we, even as a, like, as a Christian, as someone who is, like, walking with the Lord, like, the very conviction of our past and what he saves us from teaches us to deny ourselves and realize, man, I was not enough, but he is enough. His grace is more sufficient. I want to glorify that he must increase. I must decrease. People need to see him, not me. And, you know, like, and I relate a lot with my own personal testimony. Like, guys, I may be standing here talking about, oh man, like, you know, like, I may be standing here on here with a high, it looks like with a high horse being like, oh man, he's teaching us to be ashamed of ourselves and stuff like that. No, guys, I am far from perfect. I look at myself and I just think, like, I, like, there's so many things in my past that I, I should be ashamed of. Like, guys, I am naturally, like, I look at so many things in my life in my past, especially before God, like, I'm naturally selfish. I'm naturally self-seeking. I do things like I do things in like like I I don't I I know I don't in, like talk about anagrams a lot, but I'm a type two. I I think or type two, the one that cares that tries to care so much for others and then you know, but in turn is doing it for themselves because they want to feel loved. And the end of the day, like I relate with that a lot because that was genuinely me, and because. And it becomes inherently selfish because you're really just doing it for yourself. And so, you know, I, I 
like looked at into my own life and realized, man, everything I've done to help others and like before God was just really for myself. It wasn't for their joy or pleasure or anything. And that still bothers me, guys. That bothers me to this day sometimes. But, and I don't want to be that person. But, and, and this is why I love the gospel so much. In 1 Timothy 1.15, it states that, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Guys, every good fruit that's ever appeared in my life has come because of just my walk with him. It's come from him abiding in him. Guys, everything he has molded me into is something that I realize, like, it's all him. It's all him. And so, like, things that I've seen freedom from in my life, freedom from my own lusts and desires, freedom from my own, like, like the cripples of my personalities, freedoms, freedoms from my own insecurities. It's all him. And I thank him every day, guys, because he is the one that I look to in order to, to feel unashamed. But, um, and it also kind of reminds me of this one verse when I think about like the shame of my past and looking to him, you know, what is more I consider in Philippians 3, 8, it says, what is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things and considered them garbage that I may gain Christ. Guys, when we are walking in obedience to God in a loving relationship with God when we're seeking after him and denying ourselves we are we become less interested in ourselves and more, less interested in you know who we were or even our past desires and become more interested in following him because we want people to know like what he's done in our lives we boast about him because he is the way the truth and the life guys and so like with me I boast about not about how cool, like, oh man, my life is so much better. And yes, it is guys. Like, but I boast about the life he's given me. It all points back to glory to his glory and his honor and his praise. And, you know, and it goes, and the end result is this, when we put, like we live, when we are, we live, like ashamed of us and we put our trust in him it goes down to this for like in romans 1 16 for i am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of god that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the jew and then to the gentile i love that verse and it's an amazing verse it's so good and the thing is like you want to spread that around you want to boast about him and so that every around everyone can around you can see that they don't have to do it on their own. They don't have to live their life like, you know, like Brian was stating before on this, like, like, like those wheels, those hamsters use, like running fruitlessly, like to try to improve ourselves, realizing we're never going to be enough. Like that hamster is not going anywhere in the same way without God. Like, where are we going apart from him? We can do nothing, but with him, all things are possible guys. And so like, to even like and it all and and 
even to relate it back to our identity and not feeling ashamed anymore. Our identity, when we believe and trust in him, doesn't become about us. It becomes about being his child. And, you know, like in Romans 10, 11, like, I didn't put this up, but I've added it. But, like, it states, like, you know, that those who hope in him will never be put to shame because they put their trust in him. They live unashamed of him. Not that they put their hope in themselves, but they put it in him because they trust him and they know him as Lord. And so... To kind of wrap it up, I, I got my favorite, m one of my favorite pastors I listen to a lot. Other than Brian, Brian, I love you. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say anything. You know, you know, we're we're homies. I would give you a hug if you're right here. <laughs> but um, is that you are either ashamed of you or you're either ashamed of Christ? Who are you putting your hope in, and who are you trusting to rid? Your, you of the shame of your guilt, your um, guilt of your sins, or even the things you need healing for in your life, your spiritual healing. Who are you putting your hope in at the end of the day? Because that makes all the difference in this. And so, like, we're going to go out into breakout questions. But even still, guys, like, if you're more curious about this and even just shame in general, you are free to talk to me or a leader in your a leader in your breakout room or just in general. Because, and if you're curious about how to put hope in the Lord, please contact me or any of the leaders. But we're going into breakout questions. And basically it states, the first one is in middle school slash high school, I was not ashamed of, I was not, I was not blank enough. I mean, I've been used to saying ashamed the whole time. Gosh, um, I was not blank enough. Um, and then it goes into more, and you can just say anything. It's a good opening question. And then going into more deeper questions, are we living out our lives ashamed of the, ashamed of the work God has been doing in our lives? Are we living ashamed? Are we not living up to the Romans 1.16, um, being unashamed of the gospel? And lastly, are we moving forward in our relationship with God and truly seeing him increase in our lives while we decrease? Are we seeking after him, trying to deny ourselves and picking up our cross and following him? If you're encouraged by this message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and share it with your friends. We truly want to see the name of Jesus lifted at Rutgers. To learn more about Chi Alpha, including our gathering times and weekly life groups, visit us online at RutgersChiAlpha.com or hit us up on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.